Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We're excited to talk about some baseball and some softball. This is your boy, Chuck. <clears throat> Wanting to wish you a very happy Easter week. Before we kick it off, though, I got to bring on that uh, lovable co-host of mine, Mr. Lane Brady, who is probably watching wrestling right now. So let's see if we can get him on. Lane, are you there, brother? Yeah, man. I'm in the middle of this uh, WrestleMania uh, main event right now it is sunday night listeners and we are recording so what is the main event it's cody rhodes and roman reigns for the universal uh, you're going for cody rhodes uh, i don't know I'm just kind of going for a fun match mason's a okay. big roman reigns fan so i guess he i'm is. going for roman for him i got you well gotcha did you really just i hope both teams just have fun that answer I mean, yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah, kinda. kinda. <laughs> yeah, I just appreciate a fun match on there, so I just I like gotcha. seeing crazy stuff happen. I don't, I don't think I've watched wrestling since like Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker were a thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time in there. Yeah, it was a lot, hundred years ago, yeah. black and white. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a a cool guest tonight, man. Um. Somebody that I've known for many moons. I won't say how long, and I won't say how old he is, because then uh, that may prove how old I am. Listeners, but, uh, Chuck is really old. <laughs> I am really old. We established old. that earlier. I bet this kid, when he was in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, somewhere along in there. But uh, Mr. Jackson Kennedy. What's up, Jackson? What's up, Chuck? Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, Man, we're so pumped. What's up, Lane? You and uh, you, you enjoying WrestleMania right now? Yeah, man. It's been a fun, fun weekend watching it. Look, I, I'm, uh, I'm you not been watching be it like, all weekend. It's a two night event. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, I I caught it on Friday night, and that was my first exposure to WWE. And yeah. like, I had kind of thought of it as just like this silly thing. And I watched it, and I was—I'm telling you, just from like people cutting promos, I was enveloped. I'm kind of kicking myself in the shins for not having gotten into it sooner, because that is just—it is so—it's just pure fun, man. I mean, yeah, you know what it is, but like when you understand the stuff scripted, but they're still taking like these hard bumps and still—I mean. I went to like a house show not long ago and like touched the mat and stuff and it's not soft. Like it still hurts to take a shot uh in these matches and whenever you understand that and understand just the business side of I think as when I was a little kid I thought it was real and then I realized it what you know that it was scripted. Got Wait, out it's it. not real? Yeah. Got out of it for a while and then when I got back into it it was more so like I kind of enjoy keeping up with like the business aspect of it, like the moves they make to try to push wrestlers over and get them more popular than they were before and all that. It's just fun to watch. Plus it's like watching stunt men the whole time. So <laughs> right. like watching an action movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that for sure. So. <laughs> so. Good to have well, you on the show though, Jackson, yeah. man, we're, uh, we're excited. We're going to have a fun night tonight. I hope oh, so. Yeah. I hope so. Well, Jackson, we like to kick off um, asking our guests these first two questions. And the first one is, uh, what you know, what makes you an everyday eagle or, a, you know, a Southern Miss fan? Well, so I've lived in the Hattiesburg area since I was in kindergarten. And my mom and dad both went to Southern Miss. And I've always kind of grown up a Southern Miss fan. I've always grown up really, really enjoying it. And. Uh, in high school, I blamed all my problems on my location, so I went to a different college, and I realized my problems were not with my location, and I transferred to Southern Miss uh, in the fall, and it has been the best decision I've ever made in my life. Like, I 
like the community has welcomed me with open arms and just kind of like being part of somewhere where I can call home and being somewhere where people are passionate about things like people are passionate about sports. People are passionate about the students. People are passionate about education. Like it's just a passionate, really, really special place. And, you know, I, I have a lot, I, I feel like I have a lot that I can offer and I have a lot of energy that I like to put into things that I love. And, being Absolutely. at a school where I feel so much at home, it kind of pushes my drive to to contribute as much as I can just to give back in some infinitesimal way that this school has already given to me. Ooh, that's a big word, Lay. Did you just <laughs> did you did you zonk out on that one? I'm googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> I think I think it means a big way. <laughs> or a small way. I'll get back with you on that. Or, or a weem away. <laughs> All right. um, I well, think he likes Southern Miss. I think that's I what think I got does. out of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're glad to have you here, Jackson. Yeah, glad, glad to have to you here. at home. Your new For home. sure. Welcome home, man. Welcome home. I, glad I got home. a question, Jackson. So what's the end game here? What do you want to do when you get out of college and stuff? So... I have I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always been passionate about telling stories and like I, I've always really wanted to just produce things. And one thing that I noticed kind of as I got older, like, you know, I grew up with what I consider like the golden age of like television in terms of kids entertainment. You know, like I grew up with like the original Teen Titans and Dexter's Lab and like all these great shows from the 90s and early 2000s. And I, I'm the oldest of three boys, and I noticed like my little brothers kind of like weren't getting as good of shows that I got. And like, you know, me and my dad will still talk about funny episodes of Johnny Bravo or that one moment from Samurai Jack where we just lost our minds. And I'm not seeing that as much now. And so I want to kind of create entertainment for everyone to enjoy. But I didn't really feel that realistic for me. So I entered school in psychology, and for the longest time, I was just going to go to grad school in psychology, get my bachelor's, maybe a PhD, and then kind of maybe do writing on the side. But in these past couple of months, I realized that that's not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to I don't want to put all this effort into something that I consider a fallback. You know, like if I if I pursue writing full out and it doesn't work, that's perfectly fine. Then I can do, you know, what's more secure. But I don't want to. You know, I, it's kind of morbid, but like, I, I don't want to be on my deathbed and never have known if I would have made it. So uh, it, just in the past two weeks, I changed my minor to, to English with a focus in creative writing. And I'm a junior now, so I'm going to be graduating in May of 24. And I'm going to immediately enter Southern Miss's grad school in creative writing. That's awesome, man. Awesome. For sure. Good luck to you, man. That's cool. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. And I would give a huge shout out to your your mom and dad. I absolutely love them, Christian and Dusty. Man, some of the some of the coolest parents a kid could have. Man, you're you're blessed for sure. By the way, Jackson, how old did you say you are? Uh, I'm 21 years old. Those same shows you said you grew up on. I think I like I watched a lot of those growing up too. Are they timeless classics? Is Johnny Bravo a timeless classic? I would say point? Johnny Bravo is definitely a timeless classic, and like. It, it really like it doesn't like it, it's not defined by how old something is to be a timeless classic. Like, you know, as soon as something's released, like, oh, this is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I, and, and, and what I mean by me growing up with such a great like era of entertainment is, you know, I had the Cartoon Network, but I also had Boomerang, which played shows that were canceled right. that happened 10, 15 years before I was watching it currently. So I got to watch what was coming out now, which was really good, like as a kid. And then I got to w- watch what, you know, you and Chuck watched whenever y'all were kids. And so it, w- it was a combining of two fantastic eras for animation. You see how he lumped us together, Lane? I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. I hey, ain't that old, Jackson. <laughs> He's right behind me. Look, I We had you. color TV growing up. We did, Look, too. We did, too. I mean, I grew up with Ninja Turtles and Thundercats and Gummy Bears and Care Bears, man. We had some good cartoons back in the day. Did you watch Johnny Bravo, Chuck? I I did. I watched a couple of episodes of Johnny Bravo, but... (laughs) 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 That's the only thing I think about whenever I think about him. (laughs) 
That was a good impersonation. Do it for me one more time. I'm good. I'm good. We got it. <laughs> <once. laughs> All right, Jackson. Last question before we move on is, uh, what is your, and you know, you can't say watching your girlfriend dance on the sidelines. No, I'm just kidding. You can't, you can't say it if you want to. But what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? So, I, for the longest time, I didn't think this would have ever been beat because, you know, like you alluded to, uh, I, I've been dating my girlfriend five and a half years, and she was just recently elected captain of the Dixie Darlings. And so, you know, instead of sitting in the student section, I've always sat in the end zones where I can be her biggest cheerleader and embarrass her and all that fun stuff. But what that also means is I get a really, really cool view at cool stuff that happens. And at the homecoming game versus Arkansas State, whenever we were down by so much, I was like, man, if I wasn't dating Cassidy right now, I would get up and leave. This just sucks. And then we put in Jake Lang, who I was in two classes with at the time and had become fairly acquainted with. He led those two drives. And whenever we got those, dude, whenever we got that game ceiling touchdown, I was leaning over that glass railing, screaming to the top at like the peak. And I was seeing Cassie and her teammates just turn around, just looking at me like, who is this guy? <laughs> like I screamed so loud during that game. I lost my voice for two and a half weeks. Like I couldn't speak. In nice. class. It was awesome. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had my Southern Miss moment. This was it. And then February 9th came and we played Louisiana and we sold out Reed Green and I was there. And that was the <laughs> single greatest sporting event, like single greatest memory related to sporting in my entire life. And I don't know if anything can ever top that. Like a sold out rock would probably get close, but I don't know if it could beat it. It was electric in there. It was. It's still one of the loudest games I've ever been to, for sure. The Pinkney Dunk, man. Oh, my God. Just the thing <laughs> dreams are made of, man. It was fantastic. I'm, it was I'm so send loud. You. I've watched I'm, that video <laughs> of the Pinkney Dunk from the court. I've watched it like a hundred times. I can't get enough of it. I'm going to send y'all a picture uh, in our group chat afterwards. It is a picture of me directly after that happened somebody took a picture of the student section and I, I i was hanging out with some ato guys at the time and there's me and my buddy like you know everybody else is cheering there's me and my buddy thomas we are grabbing each other's shoulders like face to face just screaming at the top of our lungs it was like i like i'm still living off of that wow. high from that day no it was a great that it was awesome 100 i'm not even a big basketball fan i thought that was great We'll have to put that picture online. We will. Post it on the social media page. (laughs) Pate, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Pate doesn't have enough to do, so I'm going to just give him something else to do. Well, speaking of Pate, I think think there's been a knock at the door, Lane. So why don't we bring old Pate in, man? Hey. I got got your sound bite again. He's got my sound bite. All right, everybody in the conference room. Everybody in the conference room. <laughs> yes, everybody in the conference room. All right. Pay Thagard, yes, Lane's and- giving you homework assignments. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, I've heard every bit of it, and I'm not surprised. I usually get at least at least one or two homework assignments a week from him. Are so we I'm going off the rails now. yet, Pate, for tonight? Uh, uh, not quite. Good. We'll get there. Right, give it Good. time. We'll, we'll get there. Well, mailman, Pate, do we have any mailbag questions? Yes, we actually have a couple of questions coming up here. Yes, we do. Thank you, listeners. I love it. Well, I say I love it. Let's hear what the question is first. Exactly. All right, so this first question comes from Katie Kelly. The Katie Kelly. That's right. Wait, the Katie Kelly? The Katie Kelly. Yes. World's best trombone player. And she asked, if the pet band's going to be at the peak. (laughs) Plain. (laughs) Lord help me. Okay. (laughs) We'll get some hate mail next week. I'm sorry, Katie. (sighs) Oh, good Lord. All right. She asked, who do y'all want to see consistently start at second base at P. Taylor Park? You can't ask that, Katie. <laughs> but she, she did. did. She put us in a corner. I, I'll go first. 
Hey, guys, which one of your children do you like better? <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Well, we all know that you like Mason better, Lane. That's right. <laughs> uh, put me on the spot. Oh, well, sorry, I Molly, love them both. I love them both. Later. Good, good, good. Well, you know, I, number one, I'm gonna say that I have learned not to question Scott Barry. But if it were Chuck's team and I were the coach, um, I would put Gabe Lacey out there um, consistently. I believe, you know, I think across the board, maybe defensively, they're the same. I think Gabe Lacey has a little bit higher IQ, and that's simply because he's older and he's played more baseball games than than Brady Faust or uh, Creek Robertson or any of those other players. Um, I just think his IQ is higher baseball-wise. I think that um, defensively, he's made some hell of some plays at second base this, this season. Um, I think if he gets his batting under control, and uh, I think it was Jackson looked up the stats, and I'll let him give them to y'all. Um, but I, I think uh, yeah. that, yeah, go ahead, Jackson. Tell us the stats real quick. All right, so Creek Robertson, you know, he didn't start out the season. Like, game one against Liberty, Gabe Lacey got the start. And Gabe right. Lacey has had 22 at-bats, and out of those 22 at-bats, he ha- he's hitting 136. And okay. Creek Robertson was put in after uh, after Gabe Lacey's first 12 at-bats, where Gabe went 1 for 12. And then, you know, Creek was put in. And Creek has had 54 at-bats, which is 32 more than Gabe Lacey's, and he's still batting 204. But one stat that, that this is neglecting, which, uh, like, it, it's been brought up a couple times that I've been watching the midweeks, is that even if he doesn't get a hit, he is a very patient batter. And that's what I've appreciated with Creek is he's a very patient batter. He gets walked a lot because he, mm-hmm. he's been at the plate a lot of times. And, you know, a lot of times he doesn't really swing at it. Or if he does, it's kind of a pitching battle. And then he ends up getting a walk. I gotcha. That's an interesting stat. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was versus Mississippi State. Uh, viewers, listeners, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but versus Mississippi State, he got on base all six times he was up there. And only like one or like two of them were hits. One of those was a home run, if I'm not mistaken. And uh and then the other one was like a single with a but but the but the other four were all walks because he's an incredibly patient batter. Gotcha. That's a good word. That's a good word. Lane, what do you think, man? Are are you not gonna pick? Yeah, um, it's it's hard to pick really one between between them. I feel like we have two really capable second basemen uh, with Creek Robertson and Gabe Lacey. Um, I feel like it's kind of a if you're comparing them here, okay. I feel like fielding wise, they both are even. You know, I don't see either one having a leg up on the other one uh, in terms of hitting. I think they're just two different hitters. Um, I think Creek Robertson commands the strike zone really well and finds a way to get on base a lot. His on base percentage is 386, which is really, really good. You know, that puts him um, between, let's see here, that puts him right between Blake Johnson and Carson Pato. So his on base percentage is pretty good at 386. Uh, it's because he walks a lot. He commands the strike zone. Jackson already talked a little bit about that, how he doesn't chase pitches. He commands his own really well. Uh, Gabe Lacey's on base percentage is 269. So, um, but I, I do think Gabe probably long term has more pop in his bat. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of evidenced that coming over from uh, Tennessee Tech. He had 12 home runs over there and he hit over 300 there. Uh, he's just kind of, he's off a little bit, but neither one of them have really had, you know, they're kind of split in time, and I don't think either one of them's really hit their stride yet. There was a while there, Creek had a hitting streak going, and that was fun, but, um, you know, I I think either one of, I almost think you just ride the hot hand, because I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. Um, I just think, I think Creek's the guy who commands the zone maybe a little bit better and finds a way to get on base more. 
Uh, I think Gabe probably has more pop in his bat long term. As far as stolen bases go, I think they're pretty even. Gabe's one for one, and Creek hadn't attempted one yet. Gotcha. So, huh? I, you know, I I think they're similar players. I think Creek's going to have a higher batting average, higher on base percentage, and Gabe's going to have more home. But runs inevitably, the more at bats you have, statistically, the better your average could be. So if or yeah. the worst depends I on if they're good at saying, bats. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I just that's from what I've seen as a spectator watching. That's what it seems like to me. And I think you know, Creeks had fifty four at bats and Gabe's had twenty two. Yeah. So it's could be a case where Gabe hadn't really had enough at bats to really see yeah. what he can do. Well. At the plate, Jackson. Knowing, so, knowing everything that you read, you know, I don't think, I don't think you technically picked your answer. You kind of gave us some info. What about you? What do you think? See, I was really hoping you weren't going to come back <laughs> to me because I, I, I've been mulling this over because you know we have a lot of guys on our team that are that are real sluggers. You know what I mean? Like we've got Slade Wilkes, who I I'm going to gush about him later. Like you're you're not going to hear the end of it because that guy is a dog i've put it up on twitter as much as i possibly can i freaking love that guy but like we don't have many guys at the moment who are just consistently getting on base you know what i mean like dustin dickerson's a really good example of that matt etzel's a really good example of that but a lot of time or at least in the past couple of weeks we have just been swinging and we've been swinging yard given in the last two series We've done a really good job with playing small ball, which I've appreciated and we need to do more of. Uh, But Creek Robertson, kind of like I was saying, you know, he has 54 at-bats, and out of those 54 at-bats, he's walked 11 times. That's that's an incredible number, you know what I mean? Gabe Lacey has 22 at-bats, and he's walked three times. So if we're going to take it statistically, you know, Creek is a much more patient batter. And, you know... I agree that Gabe Lacey, he's an older guy. He has more pop in his bat. He may have a higher IQ. So if there ever comes a time in which Robertson stumbles, we can we, we can put Lacey in. But at the moment, I think just with the fact that Creek Robertson's doing so well at such a young age, we should just kind of leave him in and develop. Yeah, him. And, and that's a that's a popular phrase. You know, all things being equal, you go with a younger guy to get him experience. So I get that. I get it. Honestly, I think you ride the hot hand at this point. That's my answer. I mean, that's kind of being on the fence there, but luckily man, we don't have to I decide. Think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough choice there. I think you just ride the ride with the one who's really putting together the best at bats. You know, the results kind of baseball's kind of a funny game. You can have a great at bat and still get out or you can have a terrible butt bat swing at a ball that you should have never hit and found a way to get on but i think i think you just ride the hot hand here and ride who's putting together the best at bats for you and and go that's what i would do but you know it is kind of tricky though that coach barry came out and said you know the competition's over creek's our guy and then, and then Lacey started playing a lot more uh i thought that was kind of interesting but you know, we trust yeah, our skipper. Right. He said psych. So, we do. Yeah. So what, a, you know, I, I honestly, Katie, to answer your question, I think, I think we're going to continue to see this timeshare either way I do. And, and so, Katie, who do you think should be starting? Let us know, man. Yeah. Let us know who you think. So, well, Pate, didn't you say there were two questions, man? Yes, there. there's another question here. This is actually from our good friend, Little Debbie. <laughs> Little Debbie has written in and is asked... Little Debbie's <laughs> back. Yeah, Little hey. Debbie is back. Do you know who Little Debbie is, Jackson? I, I am unfortunately not yet aware of Little Debbie. <laughs> it's, it's not no, Chuck. Excited. It's not. I think... Yeah, no, no, it's not Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Little Debbie wrote in and asked, so Lane, why do you think Chuck is Little Debbie? Okay. And then Little Debbie also said, Chuck, do you think Uh-oh. Lane is Little Debbie? Both of 
Both of you are wrong, but I would love to hear your theories. Plot twist here, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> For Aren't real. Lane, why do you think it's me? Pate never preps me when little Debbie sends a question <laughs> either. He always just throws it on me. Uh, so here's my theory. Little Debbie called me out on not wearing my Austin 316 shirt to Tanner Hall's first start of the year. And the only person who said something to me at that game about wearing that shirt, about not wearing that shirt was Chuck. I showed up and Chuck looked at me and said, dude, you're not wearing your shirt. I said, yeah, I couldn't find it in time. And then lo and behold, that Sunday night we're recording and little Debbie writes in and asks me about it. That's where my theory comes from. But to be fair, you talked about it like a hundred times on our past shows. Like oh, I mean, that's the four. Times. I mean, out of what? How many shows? <laughs> it's like a whole month. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think Lane is Little Debbie because I don't think, A, he's that creative, and B, he definitely can't work technology. So I don't know where they're sending in these questions, but I know it ain't Lane. <laughs> I don't even know how to right. send in a question to our old show. For <laughs> <laughs> being honest. funny. The oh, listeners, I hope well, y'all can figure it out. Keep if y'all them. can figure out who Little Debbie right. is, Lane will wear a penguin costume. <laughs> no, he will not. Stop. The penguin <laughs> joke's old. It's gone. It's gone. The oh, penguin no, no. joke's it's, gone. It's never coming back. And we're oh, sure goodness. Little Debbie isn't paid. Oh, that's a good word. I never it thought is about not. that. It is not. I do love my Little Debbie snack cakes, but it is not me. What little Debbie so, snack cake's your favorite, Pate? Ooh, I'd say little Debbie. Zebra why didn't cakes. you ask that? That's perfect. That that is also true. Zebra cakes, yeah. zebra cakes. I mean, nutty I grew buddies up on too. This thing, so nutty. Yep, yeah, nutty buddies. I'm a fudge. <laughs> solid you choice there. Kind of guy. But <laughs> you you would. Uh, but also, little Debbie did ask. Do you know why Graham Crawford? hasn't had any playing time yet. I honestly do not know. I think he had one at bat Mm. against uh, Ole Miss, maybe. Lane, am I wrong? Jackson, am I wrong? I I can't remember if this is, like, a confirmed thing. Um, I I, I sit in the right field roost with a lot of students, and a lot of guys are really knowledgeable about baseball. I think I remember hearing a rumor that he may have been redshirted or some sort of injury. I... Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, I, I've also been wondering that because, you know, last year our catching kind of faltered and whenever we saw that Graham Crawford was coming in, we, we all got really excited. So either like, I, I really don't know why. Maybe maybe that rumor is true. I don't know. Honestly, you had two veteran catchers coming back. This is my opinion. I don't know. He might be hurt. He might be redshirted. I don't know what they're doing with him. Uh, Coach Barry really didn't say much about him. I mean, he just said he was on the roster, but when you asked him about the catcher situation before the season, or one of our listeners wrote in, I think it was Brian Long, wrote in and asked about the catcher situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Barry basically said it'll be Blake and Rodrigo again. So from the jump, Coach Barry has said it's still Blake and Rodrigo. Um, so I'm really... I mean, maybe I thought he would get a couple more at bats and he's gotten so far, but I'm really not that surprised so far. Just and it's not a knock against Crawford, but you had two experienced catchers coming back. And honestly, Blake came out the gate hot with a bat. Like Blake's you know, and Rodrigo has too, guys. I mean, both of them have performed so far at the plate. You hadn't had many mess ups behind the plate either, but Blake, he's batting 227 now. His average has dropped some, but he has two home runs on the season. And his on-base percentage, we talked about it earlier with Creek Robertson, the OBP. Blake's is 400. He has 14 walks on the year. So mm, he's mm. walking a lot. He's walking more than Creek is. And, uh, you know, Rodrigo's hitting 321 right now with a 472 on-base percentage. So. The catchers are both pretty much getting on base pretty consistently. So um, I don't think it's a knock on Crawford. I don't think it's something that he just 
isn't getting the job done at practice or anything. I think he's just walked into a situation where we had two veteran catchers and neither one of them have done anything to deserve to yeah. lose their job. That's I got my you. opinion on it. Yeah, and, and, and to build off of that, I think, you know, I, I, I kind of missed Rodrigo. Like, like for, for however much we can say that, you know, Blake Johnson is better defensively and, you know, to some extent, he really is. He is a fantastic defender. I've kind of missed those Rodrigo Montenegro at-bats because he's so consistently good. And I think the system that we have had for the past two weekends is something that needs to stay. You know, have Blake Johnson on Friday, let him rest on Saturday unless absolutely needed, like in the last couple of innings uh, on Saturday's game. And then, you know, put Blake Johnson back in on Sunday because just give Blake a day of rest and, you know, get Rodrigo mm-hmm. some productive at-bats, throw mm-hmm. pitchers off. I feel like that's really, really good for the team. I like it. Yeah, I can't disagree there. I, You know, I, I kind of like the uh, – I know we've been doing a little bit of a change-up, you know, on the roster per each game. But, you know, I, I kind of like that, giving the guys uh, multiple opportunities to play, multiple opportunities for rest. And, I mean, I think those – opportunities for rest have really uh helped the team you know especially our big hitters and working offensively so yeah i I can't disagree there uh of course i don't know anything about uh crawford myself but i mean really do any of us know Um, for all we know barry and them could be saving him for later on i mean they they've been known to do that they've been known to uh you know hold players off to like toward the end of the season. I mean, who knows? Well, Pat, I just realized that we didn't give you a chance to decide between Gabe and uh Creek. So who would you pick? Oh man. Um Pate was open you I wouldn't would, notice. Right. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly well, right, Lane. Uh, uh, um Oh man. I mean, I can't disagree. Two solid players there. I would have to agree with you, Chuck, on Lacey. Um, I would just love to see Lacey in there a lot more. I mean, I know you know as time comes, we're going to see a lot more of him for sure because, uh, of course, we've been alternating the two. But I would definitely like to see Lacey out there more, uh, more hitting because I, I do agree with Lane. Like he's definitely got some pop in that bat for sure, and uh, I really just want to see more of him. I got you. Not, not that Creek you. isn't doing a great job, too, but yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, any other questions, Pate? No, that's all I've got for this weekend. All right. Well, thank you, Katie. Thank you, little Debbie. Listeners, yeah. send in some more questions if you want yes. our expert analysis. Yes, absolutely. Anyone is welcome to submit questions to us. You can do so on our Facebook Twitter, Instagram, feel free to send us a message there, private message, or you can email the show at everydayeaglespodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to include uh, questions coming up in future mailbag segments. Yeah, guys, keep sending them in, man. We're we're enjoying answering them. So you guys Absolutely. ready to jump into some, uh, I feel like we've already been talking we about have. a lot of sports here. With the listener questions, mm-hmm. but y'all ready to dive into some holy cow Let's segment? Do it. Oh yeah. All right. Fire it up, Pete. Holy cow. Chuck, what golden eagle made you say holy cow over the past week? Well, I think picking this person is uh a lane move, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, and I'm gonna give it to the guy who got his first career complete game and my holy cow. Player of the week is Mr. T. Hall, Tanner Hall, Tanner USA, baby. Um, for him to, you know, step up, and I really feel like the last couple of games we're kind of seeing that old Tanner Hall from last year. Uh, a complete game, you know, w- one mistake pitch, really, the whole game. Um, just great pitching by Tanner Hall this past weekend. So I, I say T. Hall, baby. What about you, Jackson? All right, so I, I'm going to sound basic here, but Slade Wilkes, man, holy cow. Think about this. In the last six games, he has hit five home runs, and he hit a home run in every single game of this series. Yeah. Like, 
it was phenomenal watching him against Troy. I mean, Saturday, even though we had a loss, we saw him knock a home run off of a light pole over the monster wall at Troy. Like, Slade Wilkes has just lit on fire. He's got 10 home runs on the year. His on-base percentage is 402. His average is 326. But, dude, he is just, like, he is playing lights out as of late, and it is so, so fun to How watch. How many home runs do y'all think we would have had if that uh, wall would have been out there in right field? We, I, I counted, I counted because, you know, I'm, I'm a big Dustin Dickerson fan. I love that guy. I love his moxie. And, you know, like it, like it, it's, it's so cool to watch him get these home runs and he would have had one and Tuna would have so. had one. Like we would have had at least Probably three Danny. or four yeah. more, more home runs just in Sunday's game. Oh yeah. Like just in Sunday's game, we would have had three or four extra home runs, not even mentioning like the full weekend. Yeah, that uh, that wall killed us several times. <laughs> uh, those are two very good picks, guys. I agree with both of them. Um, Slade has looked like a man possessed lately. Just the ball comes off his bat so hard. Well, that's what she said. And he just <laughs> come on now. But the ball, <laughs> he uh, but guys, he. He doesn't get cheated on a swing. I'll put it that way. He swings with everything he's got, and he just crushes pitching right now, man. Uh, very impressive. How many homers y'all think he'll end the season with? I think if he's on this pace, he's going to break Walner's record of 20. Was that 24? I could see it. I could see it. I, I Something can to see keep it up with. Something oh, yeah. to keep up with. Will there he break is. the record? Um. And then, Chuck, a couple notes on Tanner Hall. He has now lowered his ERA to 2.14. Nice. So wow. Definitely worthy recipient there. We all knew it was going to come back down. He had a few rough starts to start the year, but he is our Hall American. And uh, Yeah, we, we knew it was coming. We knew, we knew what he was capable of. So, um, yeah, definitely good game by those two. And guys, I'm going to shift gears here, and I'm going to go to track and field. That's right, boys. Track and field, because um, Friday and Saturday, we hosted our Southern Miss Invitational in Hattiesburg. Our track and field team did, and uh, we picked up 12 wins at our home meet, so uh, we claimed 12 events, came in first in those, and then we had seven other Golden Eagles record top three finishes. That's all according to our own, to our uh, athletics page. So they crushed it, man. Uh, they crushed it. They they talked about how fun it was to do it in front of their their people on their home track, and um, you know, in their interviews and stuff after the meet. And uh, yeah, that's impressive, guys, to win 12 events and. And have seven other ones come in the top three. That's big. So our track team showing out. For sure. So holy cow, track and field. Go track. Yep. Keep it up. All right. Let's let's fire up the can't wait segment here. Can't wait. Chuck, what about this next week makes you say I can't wait? Well, I'm going to go into a little bit of detail in our roundup rundown, um, so I'm not going to go too in-depth, but I'm going to say I can't wait to see our Lady Eagle softball team snap their losing streak. And again, we'll go into that detail a little later. But we play Nickel State this Tuesday, um, so I'm ready to see that L streak gone. Yeah, they've they've had a rough few weeks, man. It'd be good yeah. to see them snap it. They they need a little confidence boost, I think. Right. So, Jackson, what about this next week makes you say can't wait? Well, I can't wait, and this is the partial, you know, Southern Miss student that attaches way too much of my happiness to the success of our sports. But <laughs> I cannot wait to watch us prove Old Dominion as, as frauds because. I've looked at their record, you know, Old Dominion. I was like, wow, they're first place in the Sun Belt. Old Dominion's 22 and 6. And then I, I just popped into looking at their record before we started recording. They have played nobody. 
They played St. John's to open up the season, and they lost in 10 innings. And then they so they played St. John's, VMI, William & Mary, Fordham, St. Joseph's, Norfolk State, and the only people up to this point that they have played that are good before getting into conference was Charlotte, and they lost the first one 2-10, to they won the second one 11-2, and the rubber match was canceled. And then they played Princeton twice, won that. They swept ULM. And they, they lost to Liberty in a midweek, even though we swept Liberty. And then they played Marshall, and they lost the first game and then won the next two. And then they just played Virginia and lost to them. And they played Georgia Southern, beat them, and they lost. See, they beat Georgia Southern in kind of the same fashion that we did on Friday. They beat them seven to five on Saturday. They beat them twelve to seven, and on Sunday they lost zero to sixteen, and they and they lost in seven innings. You know, and so I feel like that's kind of indicative of Georgia's, like uh, uh, indicative of, of Georgia Southern because we kind of saw they were a third game team. But if you look at their record, they haven't really played anybody. But the one thing that I am concerned about is looking at their cumulative stats. They have 61 home runs on the year. Now, I don't know if that's because who they've played just hasn't been the caliber of pitcher ready to face the caliber of batter Old Dominion is known for. Because, like, you know, passionate student aside, Old Dominion is a really good ball club. And I'm, I'm looking forward to playing them. But something's got to break because, you know, they've, they've hit 61 home runs on the year and they've only allowed their opponents to hit 25. We have only hit 27 home runs, and our opponents have hit 24 home runs. So something's kind of got to give. We, we're heating up really big. We just saw in the ninth inning of the Sunday game, absolutely just a shellacking of Troy. So it's kind of like unstoppable force meets immovable object and what's going to happen. So that is my can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, guys, my can't wait is I can't wait to see our pitching rotation this weekend for several reasons. Number one, I can't wait to see if it stays the same or if there's any changes because there's been some rumorings that there might be a change. What you hear, Jackson? So I so like I like to browse on Twitter while I'm watching the games because it's just an entertaining thing. But, you know, after the win today, we like I saw a tweet and it was Scott Berry's interview with John Cox right after the game. And he said that Billy Odom's role will be changing this upcoming weekend. So I don't know if he's going to become the Sunday starter or if he's going to change in some form or fashion. But according to 40, uh, as long as uh, what I read was correct information, Billy Odom's role will be changing. So it's going to be exciting to see how things shake up in the future. Yeah. And guys, you know, we talk about our guys. We don't, clearly, we don't want to say anything negative here toward anybody. Nico's just had a bad couple outings here, bad few outings in a row. Um, Still a supremely talented kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly not calling for him to lose the job, but just curious if there is a change. You know, we've seen uh, Billy Oldham. Uh, thrive. We've seen Cross Sibley thrive so far this season. Um, it'll be interesting to see if anything changes or if we keep the same weekend rotation. So, well, I can. I you you heard it here first, Lane. I can guarantee y'all that Billy will not start Sunday. How can you guarantee that, Chuck? Because we don't play Sunday. <laughs> the Easter schedule has us playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we're off Sunday. What a okay. <laughs> you would. You would I would. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh but guys, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes made or not. Um and Nico is he's an integral piece to to the puzzle here if we want to get to where we want to go. Um but you know, again, hearing rumors that something might be changing, it'll be interesting to see. I guess one, how's the pitching staff going to be used, and then two, how are we going to handle this potent offense from ODU? And Jackson already hit on it a little bit, guys. They got three guys with over ten home runs. We talk about how good Slade Wilkes is. 
Um, Slade's hit 10. They got three dudes. Two of them have hit 12 and one's hit 11. So I don't know what, what they do at ODU. Y'all remember they came to the Pete last year and they were knocking the cover off the ball. Boys, they are knocking the cover off the ball again. I'm looking at their stats right now and every one of their top hitters, every one of their nine hitters except for one is hitting over 300. So... Uh, I look forward to seeing one. How's the pitching staff going to be used? Are there is, will there be any changes? What's going to happen? And then two, how are we going to be able to handle this old Dominion offense? So I can't wait to see that. Yeah, and and circling back to that, uh, you know, as sports fans, we typically tend to have a really short memory. But if we want to just look back even to the beginning of this season, you know, kind of kind of like we said earlier, Tanner Hall wasn't the Tanner Hall from last year, and he was kind of struggling a little bit. And now he has come back in full strides, you know, pitching a full game. But who was it that saved those games for us at the beginning of the season? Who was it that saved those series? It was Matt Adams and Nico Maza, and they were playing lights out. You know, I have a class with Nico Maza. I've talked with him. He is an incredibly humble, down-to-earth, really good guy and we can all see that he's incredibly talented so maybe we do what we did with Carson Pato and Christopher Sargent just kind of give him a little bit of a break put him back in or we just kind of let him figure it out on the mound because hopefully if the momentum that we built from this Sunday's game continues we can afford to give up a couple of runs obviously that's not what anybody wants to hear but you know, Nico's a really talented guy, and I can't wait to see what the future brings because, you know, he's only a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a big future. He really does. Just for whatever reason, he's had three clunkers of starts lately, and so, um, you know, that'll get him looking elsewhere sometimes. So hopefully he gets back on track, and hopefully we, we keep this momentum going that we got right now. And kudos to Matt Adams yesterday. I thought he pitched extremely well. He did. Um, you know, Cross wasn't, you know, not himself uh, yesterday. Uh, and then obviously Justin Storm. But, I mean, Matt Adams, he, he did really good yesterday. Yeah, they did, Chuck. They uh, Matt pitched well. And, and, you know, we know what we got with Storm. We know what we got with Cross. We know what we got with these guys. They're going to come around. They're going to have their big games. Everybody has an off day in right, baseball that's baseball. sometimes. So we just got to we got to get our pitching staff. We got to get the ones that are rolling out there on the field and um you know get get a little more momentum going, keep it moving. So get the offense to hang some runs and take some pressure off of them. Well, they scored some runs thir- thir- Sunday, 13 of them. Sure did. So so, all right, we ready to start up the rundown here? Beep, beep. Let's round it up, baby. Don't start that. I said it right today. <laughs> all right. Chuck, give us the rundown on softball. Well, you know, Lane, I wish I had better news than I did last week, but we have extended our losing streak to 11 double digits. Um, we are 0-9 in Sunbelt Conference play. Um, we the Lady Eagles have not won a softball game since March seventh was their last win. Um, I don't I don't know what's going on. I, obviously, offense is not there at all. Um, I think they got run ruled Sunday. Uh, so I don't I don't know the answer. You know, uh, Natalie Poole, she's trying to figure it out. She's you know we're not knocking the softball players. Pitching's been. Decent at times. Hitting's been decent. They just got to figure out how to put it together, um, limit some errors. And I, I think that they're, they're you know, this is a young team, too. I think Morgan's maybe the uh, a junior or the only senior on the team. Um, there's not a whole lot. we got a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores uh, playing out there. So I think giving them some time is, is definitely – part of it i think that if we can snap this 11 game losing streak on tuesday night um that the girls will have a little bit of conference boost uh confidence confidence boost not conference boost confidence boost but we'll see what happens um i'd I'd like to say there were some bright spots this weekend i don't know of any i think um 
I want to say it's one or two runs they scored. Uh, but hey, that's softball, you know. Jana Lee hit a homer. Yeah, I think she's uh, the she the, hit one, yeah. and then Paige Kilgore threw a complete game, gave up three runs, but threw a complete game, kept us in the game on Saturday. So she gave us a shot. We just they shut us out that game. And we played Texas State, and, and you know, keep in mind we played the Raging Cajuns, who I think are on on number seventy six of consecutive uh, winning series. Um, Marshall's not a cakewalk. They're a pretty good, decent team. So uh, we played a lot of tough conference opponents. Um, so Texas State, I don't think is as good. So I uh, like, like, like I said, if they can snap that losing streak Tuesday, carry that momentum on into the weekend and see what happens. Well, Chuck, I want to talk a little bit about Texas State's team. Just so we bit. know what we're facing this week. Um, offensively, they are not close to what we've played the last few weeks. Um, they got four girls hitting over 300 that, uh, that have had a ton of at-bats. They only have four of them hitting over there. They got one who's played in a lot of games, but she hadn't started very many of them. And she's batting over 300 too, but she has a significantly less amount of at-bats than the other ones do. So. Of their of their starters, that's a safe way to put it. They only have four girls hitting over three hundred, and of their starters, only one girl has six home runs, and all the others, let's see, one, two, three, four of them have two home runs. So they do steal a decent bit, um, but offensively, guys, they are not the same team that we have had to play against for the past three weeks. Now. You knew there was going to be a butt. There's always a butt, Chuck. Here's the butt. Uh, their pitching staff is really good. Um, Jessica Mullins, number four. She has a 1.85 ERA. She's been really impressive this season. Tori McCann is their next pitcher. She has a 2.12 ERA. And Carson Pierce has a 2.36 ERA. Their top three girls, the highest ERA is 2.36. So they uh they keep runs off the board pretty well. So our offense is going to have to show up. Um, but I definitely think our pitching staff um has a good opportunity here to have a good weekend and hopefully get a conference win here under our belt, get a series win. So it's going to come down to girls like Jana Lee who is still hitting 385 right now on the season. Uh, she has three homers, but she's hitting 385. It's going to come down to her. It's going to come down to Hannah Borden. She needs a good weekend. And then pitching-wise, uh, Morgan Linestop, Paige Kilgore, they're going to have to have a big game. And they have an opportunity to have a big game. So, And that's the roundup for softball. Let me round us up for baseball. So. Guys, this past weekend in baseball, really this past week as a whole, we uh we had the game that never was, Chuck. The game that we were beating Ole Miss in the uh it's so sad, guys. It's not even on the website anymore. It's like it just got wiped forever from memory. But the game in Pearl, Mississippi at Trustmark Park. They got called due to side issues um, in the fourth inning. We were winning. We did lay down a bunt. Their pitcher did trip over some side, and they called the game. A lot of people blaming Ole Miss. A lot of people blaming different stuff. At the end of the day, guys, the side was really bad. Like, we walked in the stadium, and that was the first thing we noticed was the side looks like it just got laid an hour before the game. The field wasn't playable. I don't know why they didn't make a phone call earlier in the day so we could have actually played the whole game. We were about three outs away from it counting as a complete as an actual game too, Chuck. That's what's disappointing about it. But that's what happened. So the game that never was happened on Tuesday with Ole Miss. And then we played Troy this weekend. We won Friday four to one. Lost on a walk-off on Saturday and then on Sunday. We won 13-3. to three. We already mentioned 
some of the top performers being Slade Wilkes. Obviously, he was he had a huge weekend, a monstrous weekend. And then uh, you know, some other other notables here, Tanner Hall, we already mentioned how good he was for us. And um, you know, Dustin Dickerson kept staying hot at the plate, a lot of base hits out of him, good weekend out of him, and um Guys, I was impressed with uh with Billy Odom and Isaiah Rhodes out of the bullpen today on Sunday. They really kind of kept that game at bay until our offense really got hot and got going late in the game. And then late in the game, I mean, you could have given a holy cow to our entire offense for what they did. So this upcoming week, we have a uh, we have a midweek game. That will be on Tuesday night. We will play Southeastern Louisiana, and it is at home. So Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, Pete Taylor Park. We play Southeastern. And then over the weekend, we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday now. So the weekend is altered, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at Old Dominion. Thursday's game's at 5, Friday's game's at 5, Saturday's game's at noon. And Jackson, I think he had some notes here he wanted to share. Uh, Jackson, give us give us some notes about baseball. So, you know, we, we've obviously brought up like all of the guys that have just looked phenomenal. But there were a couple plays that I really feel like we should be talking about more. And one of the players is Matthew Etzel. That guy over the weekend has been playing like he played some of the best defense I think he's played all season. I mean, I can't remember if it was today or I'm pretty sure it was today. He ran and jumped up and stole a home run over the wall. I can't remember if that was a Sunday or Saturday, but it was just an incredible play. And it seems like every time they hit the ball, Matthew Etzel was right there where he ran directly where it was. And he just was an incredible defender. He may not have had the day that he wanted at the plate, but he got off bunts, he got off hits, and he is such an incredible base runner. Also, you already mentioned it a little bit, but Isaiah Rhodes really, like, we finally saw the potential that Isaiah Rhodes like, has and what we've been hoping for him to have for so long. He is such a good pitcher. I thoroughly, like, I, I've, been a, I've been a big Isaiah Rhodes fan. I'm a big fan of just, you know, things that, people may not often see people like are not very used to and his delivery is terrifying i couldn't even imagine being a batter going up against him and the way that he threw the ball was incredible i was i, I was so thoroughly entertained with how he performed and he really really put on a show for southern miss fans and i don't think anybody can re- be disappointed with his performance yeah those are all great notes right there and Man, if we can, some guys like Isaiah Rhodes, Nico Mazza, Justin Storm, we have several guys that, you know, you feel like we're just kind of on the verge so far this year. And just if those guys can come around, we have a really, really dangerous pitching staff. And hopefully Isaiah's kind of, kind of found his groove this weekend. Agreed. Um, hopefully the others are on their way too. So. Uh, some notes here on this upcoming schedule. Uh, obviously, we beat up on southeastern Louisiana a little bit the first time we played them. Um, hopefully, we keep that trend going. Last time we played them, guys, it was at south. It was at southeastern. We won by a final score of eight to one. Um, so hopefully, we can keep that momentum going into Tuesday night and get another win over them. And then when we get to this weekend, guys, some people to watch for for Old Dominion. Um, again, I mentioned eight out of their nine starters are hitting over 300. I mentioned they had three guys that are hitting, they've hit over 10 home runs. Those three guys are Camden Grimes, number six, Jake Tyser, number nine, and Hunter Fitzgerald, number 23. Luckily, those two big boys that were bashing the ball all over the ballpark last year, I don't see them on the on the, on the roster anymore, Chuck, so they're gone at least. But you do have these other guys that are bashing the ball pretty good. 
Um, Thomas Wheeler is one. He is 11 for 12 on stolen bases for the year. That's number 27. So if you catch him on the base pass, be looking for him to steal. Um, Pitching staff-wise, their best one has been Sam Armstrong, uh, number 42. His ERA is 2.89. He had seven starts on the season so far. He's 5-0 undefeated. So we got our work cut out for us when we play against him for sure. But after him, it kind of their next two starters really. One has a three five five ERA and one has a four six seven. So that's what we're looking at here, guys. The Friday night guy is probably gonna be pretty rough to hit against. He's had a good season all year, only giving up one home run on the season. Um that's number forty two, but once you get past him, you got these other guys we hopefully can have some success against. But I will say this, and Chuck, you might remember this guy from last year. They got a guy that last season was one of the best pitchers in the country. He was like the number one pitcher in Conference USA. He was a freshman. I don't know. Do you remember this, Chuck? He was a freshman. Uh, he was special for him. Blake Morgan was his name. He's back. He's a sophomore. He's just been roughed up a little bit this year. He's given up seven home runs. Oh, wow. so hopefully, hopefully he does not find his groove this weekend. Uh, but that is Blake Morgan, number 46. He is an immensely talented pitcher who's just been off to a And he's there a Saturday starter? Or? It, it appears that way looking at this thing, but he might be Friday and Sam Armstrong be Saturday. Morgan's number 46, Armstrong's 42. So can't miss him. Armstrong's the one that's had the best season so far. And that's the that's rundown. That's a it's baseball. a quick turnaround for baseball. I mean, you know, we played today, Sunday, and we played Tuesday, and then a day of rest, and then we're, you know, oh, I guess it'll be a travel day, so they'll travel up there Wednesday, I would guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, any final thoughts, Jackson or Lane? Well, I, I just got to say, like, from what I've noticed, you know, like, it's, it's very easy to be disappointed with how Southern Miss baseball has performed so far. And it's very like, easy to be disappointed. Like whenever we lose or we don't, or we don't have as many wins or we didn't get that sweet. But if you look at the uh, trajectory of our teams, we look a lot like how Ole Miss looked this time last season, you know? And I've been saying this all season and people have kind of rolled their eyes, but I mean, think about it. You have a veteran hitting core who, hasn't been hitting the way they need to, but they really got in the heat of it uh, this past Sunday. And then you have pitchers who we know are talented. We know who can do really well. They just haven't hit that ceiling yet. And today and this past series, it's just kind of been a culmination of like, what is their ceiling? What is their potential? And if we play like we played today, if we play like we played this weekend, I mean, call me crazy, call me overly passionate, call me a homer, whatever. We could really make a run at this thing. I'm with you. I, I, you know, all you got to do is get in the tournament. You, you know, make sure you're there, and then the rest is is history. You know, um, but you're right. Not just not just Ole Miss, Mississippi State. The year before, you know, they went two and done in their conference tournament, or one and done in their conference tournament. Um, so yeah, don't let the Eagles get hot. Don't steal Ole Miss's saying, Chuck. We're better than that. I didn't. I said, I said Eagles. We're better than that. <laughs> no, man, that's all I got. You know, um, we're getting to that point in the season that, uh, you know, some. I think we're about to start seeing some people's role change a little bit. I think we're about to start seeing some people get more playing time than others. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. If some of these position battles and some of these people that we've said are kind of, you know, well, we'll see, they might do this or that with them. I I think Coach Barry's, you know, to the point in the season that he's going to start playing the ones who are producing the most. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully all our guys get it going because we need everybody all hands on. We do. And, and, you know, 
Sergeant, do you know if, you know, I know Sarge set out today. Um, did his suspension from Tuesday? I think he was serving. Well, that's what I was asking. Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't think. I think he's serving a suspension And then do you think Dustin he, will be out Tuesday? Don't be surprised if Dustin's out Which Tuesday. Which would be I, sad because the man has started every single game since he's set foot on campus. I mean, there. I don't know for a fact that Dustin's going to have to sit. I'm just, uh, this is all assumption here. All right. Well, uh, Jackson, thanks so much for coming on, man. We've had a blast. Loved having you on. Um, hey, thank you so much for having me, guys. This has been a great time. Yeah. Tell your girlfriend thanks for being a captain on the Dixie Darlings and doing all they do. A hardworking dance team for sure. Oh, they're, they're fantastic people. They are. I, like, l- luckily, I've gotten to get to know a lot of them, and they're just like just a fantastic group of girls. Good deal. Well, uh, thank you, Jackson. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Pate, for making us sound and look good. And uh, we will meet y'all at the Pete on Tuesday. Until next time, as always, Southern Miss to the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.